Russell Wilson fuels a fourth quarter comeback when the Broncos absolutely needed it the most to improve to five and five on the season. How big is this win for the Denver Broncos? Well, we're going to dive deeper into that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The Broncos improved to 500 for the first time in what seems like a long time here as they extend their winning streak to four consecutive games. Welcome into the Lockdown Broncos post-game report. The Broncos victorious in primetime action over the Minnesota Vikings here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country, all the everydayers out there who make us your first listen of the day Every single day. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com here. Today's episode show is brought to our friends over there, LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sarah, my friend, hey, what's up with this, man? Another victory podcast here. Ever since you and I got to hang out and meet for the first time in person after knowing each other for seven years at the Green Bay Packers game, the Broncos are on a tear four consecutive games in a row, my friend. And look, what better way than two consecutive wins in primetime action, Monday night football and now Sunday night football. Cody, I love it. I see the Broncos giving Adam Rank his flowers. I don't see. I mean, when are you and I? When's our picture going to be posted? You know, we stand Cody and Sarah. You're like, I mean, I'm just saying. I see you, Broncos Twitter. I mean, just throw some love out to the people who really made this happen. No, I'm just kidding. I, I love this, Cody. This is great. I mean, it's the first time since really 2021 the Broncos have had meaningful games in November and and I think that the fan base is obviously responding accordingly the team you've got players in the locker room that have never really been part of something like this or if they have it's been with other teams the Broncos are kind of feeling like they're back a little bit right now I mean yes it's you're winning close games you're forcing a lot of turnovers balls kind of bouncing your way but look None of that stuff really matters. Ultimately, if you're able to win games now, you can get style points at some other time. You just got to win games right now. And the Broncos don't really have the the ability to care about what it looks like, you know, in between those four quarters. And really, Cody, I feel like it, it's kind of looking pretty good. I mean, they're 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 not perfect by any means. And I think hopefully we will see that at some point. But Man, even without perfection, you're still beating winning teams. Broncos have a winning record against teams with a winning record right now, which is kind of crazy <laughs> to think about. So they're they're three and two against opponents with winning records this season. So it's uh it's good. It's good in Broncos country right now. And you know who's been really I mean, kind of impressive is Russell Wilson. That topic once again coming up after this game against the Vikings. Well, let's get into our biggest story of the game here. Russell Wilson helping fuel the Broncos to a fourth quarter comeback victory. Two weeks in a row where Russ has orchestrated a game-winning drive. This time, a 10-play, 75-yard drive that saw him step up in old-fashioned. Because look, the Minnesota Vikings defense, they made it tough for the Broncos offense all night long. Russ didn't have time to stand in the pocket. They sent different pressure looks here and there. And so they had to really dink and dunk and hit the checkdowns. And people were getting pissed at Russ. But it's like, you want Russ to just take a sack and lose seven yards on every single play? 
You got to take what the defense gives you, and Russ did. But when the Broncos needed him and the offense to step up the most, they kind of methodically moved downfield. Once again, Samaje Ryan in the two-minute drill, catches some passes, getting first downs, getting out of bounds, having a little bit of a moment where it's like, oh, no, he fumbled the ball, but he was out of bounds. Luckily, that was something that didn't come back to bite. But then the biggest play of the game here for Denver's offense Russell Wilson to Cortland Sutton. He had to throw it up there, and it looked like at first, just watching it live in the stadium in the press box, I was thinking, oh, no, this one might be intercepted. Cortland Sutton rises up and goes up and catches it to haul in his eighth touchdown catch of the season. When we talk about five consecutive games in a row here for Sutton where he's hauled in a touchdown catch, that is huge. A game-winning drive there by Russell Wilson. And look, I think the overall thing we have to talk about here it wasn't pretty. Russ took what the defense gave him, but he protected the football, Sarah. That's the number one thing here, and it led to a Broncos victory. That was a huge performance there, especially late in that fourth quarter. Yeah, 27 of 35 in this game overall, 77.1 completion rate for those who don't really care to do that mental math there. I know I couldn't figure that out. 256 <laughs> yards, so uh, quite a bit more in the yardage department than we've grown accustomed to seeing the last handful of weeks and then yeah the the game winning touchdown to Cortland Sutton and really it was Russell Wilson making big plays when it matters most I know the numbers kind of get skewed with how bad the Broncos were offensively converting third downs in the first half of this game and Russ of course played his part in that but at the same time in the second half there when you needed scoring drives. I mean, obviously you want to see the Broncos punch it in for six as much as you possibly can, but you're taking care of the ball. You're getting scoring drives. You're keeping yourself in the game. You're giving yourself an opportunity. And I couldn't help but feel like, man, you're in a pretty good position here. Late in the fourth quarter, you're down by five points. You've got a chance now to, to take the lead with a touchdown. And you've got a guy who's historically been one of the best in two minute situation, whether it's the end of the first half or the end of a game, Russell Wilson has consistently come up in the clutch. We saw that even last year, quite a few times, Cody, when I know the Broncos only won five games last year, but it feels like there were times that Russ came up big in that clutch, you know, section of the game. And he did it again against the Minnesota Vikings. And now the Broncos have a legitimate chance to do something this season to make some noise. And it just, it might've required some boring, you know, passing attack over the last handful of weeks, stay conservative, force turnovers, capitalize in the red zone at just the right time. Russell Wilson is leading this team and everybody is responding to it. Well, they are 100%. And look, I think the Minnesota Vikings had a great game plan coming into it. And we talked about it this week. Probably every day that listen to the show, we said, hey, look, Minnesota is one of the best run defenses right now in the NFL. If you're a defense corner, if you're Brian Flores, you want to try to force the Broncos to throw it because that's where they've struggled in terms of being consistent. The production has been low in that department overall. And you look at this here. The Broncos only had 46 yards rushing, Sarah, in this game. If I'm not mistaken, I think they only had 16 total rushing yards at halftime. That's not ideal. So you know what? They forced Russell Wilson to have to throw the football here. And I think Denver responded in moments where you needed to because here's the deal, folks. It's not about putting up video game numbers. What's it about at the end of the day? It's about winning. That's what Russell Wilson is doing. He's leading the Broncos to wins here. And sure, there's moments in a game where he can play better. But, man, I saw fans tearing him down. All he does is check it down. Well, guess what? You, you guys would be tearing him apart if he threw it into double coverage just because you wanted him to throw it down the field more when that's not the smart play based on what the Brian Flores, Minnesota Vikings defense was trying to do. They were taking away 
options there. They tried to go to the quick passing game at times, and it just wasn't there. So they had a dink and dunk, but it worked. It got the Broncos downfield. Now, is this sustainable? That's another question we'll obviously dive into this week here on Lockdown Broncos. But you know what, Broncos country? It's a Victory Monday podcast. Let's celebrate it the right way here. Obviously, a big-time performance here by the Broncos. Russell Wilson coming up big in that fourth quarter with Cortland Sutton here. But that's just not the only thing as well. The Broncos defense had some ups and downs in Sunday's game. But ultimately, they came up big when it mattered most. We're going to dive deep into that all on today's brand-new episode of Locked On Broncos. Today's Locked On Broncos postgame report is brought to you by our friends over there at LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and best of all, for free. It's easy to create a free job post in minutes over there at LinkedIn Jobs. All you do is you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread word that you're hiring. They also have simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates who have just the right skills and the right experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. So make sure you close out the year strong with the right team member. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Denver Broncos defense came up big when it mattered most against the Minnesota Vikings as this team has now won five straight games. We're going to break down the defense's performance against the Pastronaut is what I hear they're calling Josh Dobbs these days. Cody, the Broncos got the better of him ultimately in this one. Before we go any further, I want to say Thank you and give a huge shout out to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can find us free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as you can watch on YouTube or just jump in the comment section where I'm sure there's going to be a lot of happy Broncos fans, Cody, on Victory Monday. We had a Victory Tuesday. We've had a, you know, we, we we didn't quite have a Victory Friday earlier in the season. But hey, you know what, Broncos fans, you, you can take the whole week. Victory Friday, Victory Thursday, it doesn't matter. Whatever day you celebrate this week because the Broncos have won uh, four straight games right now, Cody. And thanks large in part, if not mostly, to the defense forcing turnovers i mean you just kind of feel at this point like man they're they're going to do it it's not even a, a matter of if they can get one it's a matter of how many because uh, i mistakenly said hey they can't get five every game it's, it feels like they're going for five every game right now <laughs> you saw this in person the defense right now uh, the number of players in specific they are just balling out how did they get it done against joshua the pastronaut dobbs well, it wasn't pretty at times either, right? The Minnesota Vikings came into Sunday's game as one of the worst rushing offenses in the NFL, and all of a sudden, they started finding ground, right? They came into it averaging around 85 yards per you know game on the ground, and after the first quarter, they had around 85 yards you know, in terms of yards rushing. So all of a sudden, we're like, 
Where did Alexander Madison come into the mix here for this Vikings offense? Is this the Dalton Reisner, Chris Cooper revenge game against the Broncos? But, you know, Denver, they got gashed in the run game once again. Obviously, that's a concern that we'll obviously have to address a little bit further on. They allowed in over 175 yards on the ground in totality. We'll address that a little bit later here. But the Broncos defense, as you mentioned here to start up the show in the second half of this episode here, Lockdown Broncos, they made plays when it mattered the most here. Now, you talk about the trend in which they've been on. I mean, 12 takeaways in the last three weeks, Sarah. I mean, that is spectacular. That's hard to come by here. And the defense is playing really well in that regard. And you mentioned it as well. I think the biggest thing here, and I think this is obviously a very, like, this is a huge compliment to Josh Dobbs. I came away, Sarah, thoroughly impressed with him, right? Because coming into it, I was like, you know what? Josh Dobbs, he's had success, but, you know, he's, you know, the NFL doesn't have a lot of tape on him here. Now that they got some tape with him with the Minnesota Vikings, they're going to devise a game plan. He came out and he was balling. And look, I talked to Jonathan Cooper after the game here, and he said that, and even Baron Browning, he said that is the most elusive quarterback we have played this season, right? And look, they played Patrick Mahomes. They played Josh Allen. They gave props to obviously Josh Dobbs. He was the hardest guy that they've faced this year in terms of elusiveness and like trying to bring him down. That's a massive compliment. He made some plays out there that, you know, Jonathan Cooper had him wrapped up and he like still step, steps up and then throws a touchdown pass in the first quarter. And all of a sudden we're like, what is going on here? Josh Dobbs came, he played his tail off, but Denver's defense, they buckled down in a big time way when they needed it most, right? Russell Wilson finds Cortland Sutton for the touchdown pass to give them the 21 to 20 lead in that fourth quarter, one minute left. And it's like, all right, hey, Minnesota, they got their timeouts here. What's going on? And there's this crazy play where Dobbs escapes pressure. I mean, almost brought down. And then he gets down maybe like inches shy. They do the quarterback sneak and all of a sudden like, oh, shoot. Now they're approaching midfield here. Denver's defense, Justin Simmons on his 30th birthday would come up big with two key pass breakups on TJ Hawkinson, who earlier was going off a little bit in that first half here. I just think Denver found a way to just be resilient here. They gave up a lot of yards on the ground in the run game. They got off the field, though, at times on third down. Penalties were an issue for them on offense and defense. But overall, they made the plays when necessary, and they pressured Josh Dobbs to the point where he got called for an intentional grounding and made it fourth and 25, and Denver obviously did the rest defensively. This was what you call a gutted out, grinded out, resilient win against a pretty good Minnesota Vikings team. Definitely. And Joshua Dobbs was elusive. We saw that all throughout the game. But also one of our keys to victory for this Broncos team was just getting hits, getting quarterback hits. Let him know that you're there, that you're coming, that you're coming consistently. The Broncos did that to the tune of 10 quarterback hits in this game on Dobbs. Now, they only sacked him twice. They got... They got to him quite a few times, but they only sacked him twice. But the pressure caused other issues for him, right? Obviously, we saw the Josie Jewell hit from behind caused the interception by Jaquan McMillan. And, and there was just a number of plays like that where you felt like, man, he, his internal clock is, is sped up to the point that he might just make a little bit of a mistake here. or He might just be ever so slightly off his spot. And yes, he's playing to the level right now to where you have to do that. I mean, it's not like you can just rely on him being inaccurate. It's not like you can rely on him making a bad throw, overthrow right into your safety's belly, things like that. He he was throwing the ball accurately for most of this game, Cody. He was making plays with his legs. He's looking like, uh, I know Chris... Uh, Chris Collins, where he dropped the Patrick Mahomes comparison on the broadcast when he broke the sack, you know, the sack at the sideline from Jonathan Cooper. So really, he is playing at that level right now to where, 
I mean, even Sean Payton did a little bit of a, a monologue about Josh Dobbs after this game. I mean, he's impressing everybody right now. So this is not a slight victory, right? I mean, this is a guy who's as hot as any quarterback really in the NFL is. I don't think, I think they said during the broadcast, Cody, no other quarterback in the NFL has ever started off a career with a team with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown in his first three games, which is just crazy. So (laughs) hats off to Josh Dobbs for the way that he has played against some you know, I mean, against all odds, really, it's not even against the teams that he's playing against. So this Denver defense buckled down when they had to. They got stops when they had to. Of course, it was not without the theatrics, right? The fake punt, the multiple fourth down conversions by the Minnesota Vikings converting in the red zone. It, it was not without its its you know difficult moments in this game. But the defense coming through with the turnovers, providing the offense with exactly the amount of possessions they needed to win this game by just one point. Well, talking to Justin Simmons after the game there, you know, he said in that fourth quarter with just about one minute left right after that Russell Wilson touchdown, he said all of a sudden, like the crowd got so electric. I mean, it was loud. It might be the loudest I've heard the crowds there in quite some time. And they brought in the Justin said, we fed off of that energy from the fan base. We heard the stands and it just motivated us. And obviously Denver, they ramped up the pressure. They ramped up the intensity when it mattered most. They got to Dobbs. They flustered him. They didn't make it easy for him, even though that Dobbs didn't make it easy for them all night either. But then they made the big plays when necessary. And I think just those moments where I think that's the mark of a good football team, right? You look at it, Sarah, and it's like, it's not always going to be pretty. We've seen that with some of the best teams in the NFL this season where some weeks they're cruising and it looks so easy. You're like, oh my gosh, they might be Super Bowl favorites this year. And then the next week they look human at times and they have moments, but the, what separates the good teams from the bad teams in Denver at the first part of the season, they were a bad football team. I think there was actually a good football team now because the defense can buckle down the way that they have and the production that we said, 12 takeaways in three weeks, unbelievable. Jaquan McMillan, two takeaways in this game, a fumble recovery, and some other stuff as well. So I think those are some things we have to absolutely dive a little bit deeper on. I know on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos, we're going to hand out some game balls here. But I also think we need to talk about a little bit of a bigger picture thing here for the Broncos. They're very much in the playoff picture here going forward. You'll get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos postgame report is brought to you by our friends over there at DoorDash. Time to pull out your Lucky Charm jersey and order your favorite apps and snacks on DoorDash because it's football season again. You can order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash. You can get it all delivered without missing the game. If you weren't able to catch the game at Empower Field of Mile High on Sunday, hopefully you're able to use DoorDash to get the food that you want delivered on game day right to your doorstep. For me, sometimes when I'm watching the Nuggets play or if the Broncos are going to be on the road here in December for three straight games, I'll probably order DoorDash. And one thing I'll probably order, my good friends over there at Illegal Pete's, I always love to get the burrito rolled up in a wheat tortilla, jam-packed with double protein, some white rice, and a little bit of queso for the kick there. That is my game day favorite, courtesy of our friends over there at DoorDash, and they deliver it directly to my doorstep. So kick back at kickoff with unbeatable deals on everything that you need to watch for the watch party or the tailgate, score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. You get all your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery all on an app so you can shop for everything that you need to get 
game day ready. So get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Once again, get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change. Terms apply. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our post-game report, a victory Monday for all of you in Broncos country, and more importantly, a victory Monday for all you everydayers out there who choose to listen to us every single day all year long, whether the team's winning or losing. We appreciate you so much for tuning in here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Sarah, we got to talk about this, right, because this is a big win for the Broncos against the winning team, as you mentioned there. Denver right now, when we talked about this kind of leading up into the week, we said, okay, hey, if Denver can get a win on Sunday night football against the Vikings, they're very much in control of their destiny. Right now, the Broncos are very much inside the playoff picture, and this win is very, very drastic. What did the odds say, though, about Denver if they were to lose this game against Minnesota on Sunday? And, you know, in your thoughts on kind of where they stand right now, because they jumped up the rankings a little bit. And I know we'll dive deeper into that in an episode of Lockdown Broncos a little bit later on this week, but it's kind of cool to see that, hey, Denver's now in the playoff hunt. They definitely are. And this game against the Minnesota Vikings, although it wasn't an AFC matchup, it did boost their chances pretty considerably. Actually, really a loss versus the Vikings would have kind of trashed their chances, To, quite frankly. I mean, it would have taken them from whatever they were low going into the game. I think it was 18% down to 11%. So you're talking about just a not even a not even a coin flip, not even a hey best out of three type of situation here. It's like no, you're talking about a fraction of a chance to get in. And now this win against the Vikings has really changed the landscape of the season. It's changed the whole vibe. I'm sure in that locker room, the Broncos are now tenth in the loaded AFC. So it's not like they bumped into one of those three wild card spots, right? They're still on the outside looking in. But like you said, Cody, very much so is this in their control, right? They're two and four against AFC opponents so far this season. That right there is a problem. But the solution lies in front of them, right? They only have one NFC game remaining out of their final handful of games here as the season comes to a close. So at five and five, Broncos have seven games left, six opportunities to go up against AFC opponents and maybe get some uh, get get some more wins against the conference. So you give yourself a, a better chance here at increasing those playoff odds as we get closer to December. Well, we talked about it as well, right? You know, Kansas City obviously is the top dog. They're going to play on Monday Night Football here. But how great would it be for the Broncos inside the AFC West and the AFC if you know the Broncos were to win, which they did. Chargers lose, which they did. The Raiders lose, which they did. And if the Chiefs lose, I mean, Denver just gets one step closer, right? But as it stands here today, as we're doing the show, the Broncos are in sole possession of second inside of the AFC West. I know we'll have an episode dedicated to that a little bit on tomorrow's episode of the show here. But this is big, right? This is big. And we even said it here on the show. It's not about necessarily winning the division. That's the goal, right? But until someone knocks off Kansas City, Denver's just got to get in the wild card, right? And I think that's a huge success. And not to mention it, I mean, I feel like this hasn't been talked about enough. Denver had five total wins last season. They're already at their win total that they had from last year right now. And it's crazy to look that they're at one and four at one point. Now they're five and five. They've got momentum. They're healthy for the most part. And things seem to be clicking here for this Broncos team. And now 
they have some games coming up against teams that are ahead of them inside the playoff picture. I mean, the Cleveland Browns next week, they've got a new quarterback there. That defense that they have is really good. How are the Broncos going to fare in that matchup? I mean, obviously, that's a huge one. Then they'll play the Houston Texans on the road who are beatable. They're not like they're unstoppable. What type of challenge will that be for Denver? Then there's the Chargers who, for some reason, continue to find ways to Charger. I mean, what's going on in L.A. is, a, is, is crazy right now. But that's not you – know, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's episode of the show. Denver has a chance there, and obviously one more game left against the Raiders. They just got to take it one game at a time here, and if they can focus on that, I think they're going to be in a good position to be in control of their destiny. I, I know we've always goes back and say, like, okay, well, hey, if they didn't lose those first two weeks of the season, I mean, the conversation right now, I mean, they'd be a 7-3 and three football team, Sarah, and all of a sudden, you know, I think the vibe and the, the totality of this team is different. But right now, everybody's eyes are on the Denver Broncos Despite the fact that everyone wrote them off at one and four, egg, we even wrote them off like, man, the way that they're playing this season, okay, like this is going to be the eighth straight losing season that they have. They've kind of changed the narrative a little bit, and we're eating some crow here. But I think that the Broncos find themselves in a big advantage here, I think, ultimately, with the games that they have coming up. But if you have to look at it as well, I think you mentioned as well, their record right now against AFC teams is a little bit of a disadvantage. But if they keep going on a string of winning here, they can absolutely change that. They and they can, especially too, when you think about all the points that are getting left out on the field with the opportunities Ooh. the offense has been getting. I mean, there's it's not just room for improvement. It's something that, hey, if you if you start to capitalize, I mean, you might start blowing some teams out. And that's the reality of the situation. And and just like we've seen with the turnovers, the defensive turnaround. Hey, why can't the offense kind of turn it around? Right. I, I mean, we've already seen. I think uh, a huge turnaround in Russell Wilson. And I tweeted this out after the game, Cody, um, or X'd it out. I don't care whatever people want to call it. Just don't don't argue about it. It's Twitter to me. It'll always be Twitter to me. It's been like 12, 13 years. But Russell Wilson, since the Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett, he's played 12 total games. He's got 2,570 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, six interceptions. With Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach, Cody, Russell Wilson played in 13 games. Of course, we know he was injured for a couple of those, et cetera. But in those 13 games, 3,019 yards, just 12 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So we're talking about one fewer game with without Nathaniel Hackett, with Sean Payton for you know 10 of those games now and then two games with Jerry Rosberg. That's uh, nearly double the touchdown production from Russell Wilson and the decision-making so much better and everything else within, I think has been just better. He seems to be seeing the field better. He's calling out and identifying blitzes better. This is a huge handful of reasons to be, I think, encouraged by the offense, despite the fact that it's not quite clicking yet. I mean, like I said, if the defense can turn it around, if the Broncos can start causing a bunch of turnovers, if they can beat the Chiefs, if they can do X, Y, and Z, man, Russell Wilson and the offense, they can start capitalizing on these extra possessions that they're getting, and they can start scoring points in bunches. They need to find a way to do that, though, because that's the thing. The defense has been great at getting them the ball when necessary. Denver's going to have to convert it. And look, I think Russ showed a lot of poise. There was a play on third down as well where they sent a cover zero blitz, and Russ was – the free blitz are coming right through the A gap there. There were too many guys. They didn't have enough guys to block them. And he throws that pass to Jerry Judy. Perfect spot there, by the way. A defender looked like he grabbed Jerry Judy's hand and kind of dumped it down there. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's a Jerry Judy drop. On that one, I don't credit that as a drop. I think that was a, maybe the defensive guy should actually got called for defensive holding there. But 
you know, it is what it is. Denver settled for a field goal. Will Lutz, big deal. Will, five for five on field goals. Special teams came up clutch here for the Broncos in this game as well, including Riley Dixon. Here's a very interesting stat for you that we'll leave here on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, our postgame report. Four punts for 217 yards, an average of 54.3 yards per punt. Get this, his longest punt, 68 yards on the evening. Big deal, Will, and Riley Dixon coming up big as well. Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton coming up with a game-winning touchdown drive. They're 10 plays, 75 yards. This is a big win for the Broncos, and we want to know how you feel, Broncos country. Let us know if you're watching on YouTube. You can comment down below. Share your thoughts on the Broncos' victory here on Sunday Night Football. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts, you can always interact with us on social media at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked on Broncos. We are going to dive deep into something on tomorrow's brand new episode of the show, the Aftermath Monday. We're going to take a look at our game balls. We're going to hand out our game balls. You can hand out your game balls as well if you comment down below here on YouTube. And we're going to dive deeper into maybe some of the things, the state of the AFC West, the state of the AFC, and a look at the picture and how the Broncos fit in. You're going to get all that and much more if you're an everyday listener on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.